are in week two of launching January with prayer. And we're doing this because the ultimate goal of all of us and everything is that we would just end 2023 closer to the heart of God. And that's sort of our our primary thing. We want to be closer to the heart of God. And we're going to talk through practical topics, uh, like how do we praise well? Like what are some of the things that we can include in prayer that make prayer easier? What are some habits we can develop that may potentially make us pray more often or engage us in the heart of God sort of more freely? And so we'll dive in practically. And last week we talked about the fact that God does not mind our complaints. You know, and if you've grown up in the church, you've probably got acronyms, you've probably got training and some things that say, make sure you get in um, adoration and confession and praise and worship and, and thanksgiving. And then like, if you're still awake at the end of all of it, you can like bring your requests to God. Like this was very much a thing. And all those things are really important. And we have a week on all of them at some point. But we wanted to emphasize at the start of this series that, that we can bring whatever we want to God. And we can bring those to him without some order that first has to be done. We can bring whatever it is. So whether it is small or large or feels really large, but you think it should be small, whatever it is, we have the permission to bring it to God. To just lay it on the floor and say, God, would you pick this up? No matter what it is, no matter the order that it comes in, God does not mind our complaints. And there's so much freedom in what we bring to God, in what we offer to God in requests, in prayers, in praises. And so I want this series to also feel and experience the freedom of communication with God, what that looks like, and how we can go to God with everything, absolutely everything. Nothing is excluded at all. There isn't anything that we're dealing with that is too small or too big or too strange or too odd or too whatever to bring to God. And this week we're going to talk about the posture of prayer. And our goal through this whole series is individually and collectively as a whole community, a church, to be closer to the heart of God. And so this week's topic is the posture of prayer. And to be closer to the heart of God is to know him more, to be in his presence more often. And then from that, to watch the cool, amazing, incredible, wonderful things that God can do. Not because we set goals and we fought hard and and we made it happen, but because we rested into the presence of God and then we said, okay, God, what can you do with this? What can you do with the time that I've spent with you? What can you do in this community collectively? The message of 2023 is not try harder, be better. It's rest into the presence of God. And then watch what God can do. Let's start with Psalm 46. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, God is within her, she will not fall. 
God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now I want to tell you something cool. We did not plan today for this to happen, but Psalm 46 is a song that our team sang and recorded at one point in time during our summer um, psalm series where we wrote our own psalms and and engaged in all the psalms, and and we happen to be singing this psalm again, unplanned, today. So this psalm has something for us. It may not be what I have to say today, but either way, this psalm has something for us this morning. And and that really, really popular phrase in there, be still and know that I am God. Be still is translated to the exact same word as vacate, which is where we get the word vacation. The idea of being still is to stop playing God in our own lives to release control, to take a break, to rest, to place what we have on God. Because to be still is one thing, but to be still in knowing that God is God and I am not is another. See, one of the reasons we're so bad at resting, at stopping, at finding God in the stillness is because we don't have stillness. We just don't have it in our world. So we first have to acknowledge that the culture of busy has infiltrated our lives in order to begin finding God in the stillness. The culture of busy has infiltrated not just our individual lives as believers in Jesus, but it has infiltrated the church. It has infiltrated everything we go to and everywhere we go. And you will see this by the entire world and how it functions, how late things stay open, how early things open, how much of our life is 24-7. Mike Zigarelli says this, It may be the case that Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, which leads to God becoming more marginalized in Christian lives, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to more conformity to culture of busyness, hurry and overload, and the cycle just begins again and again and again and again. There are so many enemies to being still today. So many things that will fight to keep us in the culture of hurry or endless busy, a cycle of constantly doing, thinking, processing, talking, and so on and so forth. And and we typically just try to add prayer to busy lives. We sort of slap it on like a band-aid as opposed to like really doing the detox work to figure out what's going on or really digging deep to find the cause for the symptoms We typically just sort of slap on prayer to a busy life. But we want to be followers of Jesus as a church and individually who know the sound of his voice. We want to know the sound of God's voice. 
We want to hear God's voice and we want to hear it regularly as a regular part of who we are and what we do. We want to be followers of Jesus who get to see his kingdom come. We want to be followers of Jesus who get to pray that God would move in ways that we have never seen before and believe that it will happen. We want to be followers of Jesus who move without fear of what possibly could attack the attempts that we have to share the gospel. We want to pray without limitation. So many times in our world we pray around what we think is possible. And we take, okay, here's, here's the ultimate dream and I'm going to scale it down and pray to the God of the universe who could do literally anything, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to go, okay, this I think can happen, so I'm going to pray for this. When we could pray for this. We want to see Jesus in the darkest moments, in the most desolate places, in the deepest sorrows, the most painful places. Not because we try harder and we work harder and we try to make it happen on our own, but because we believe that God can do it because we've heard his voice, because we've seen him move, because we've spent time at his feet asking him to do things that are immeasurably more than we could think or imagine. We can't even in our imagination come up with how good God is and how much he can do. The problem is that we're always looking for a shortcut. We're always looking for a shortcut. And I say we because I know it's not just me. I know we're all looking for a shortcut. We say things like, well, I'd love to hear God's voice more. I would love to believe that God could do something more. I would love to hear him in my life. I want to be closer to the heart of God, but, but, but I don't have 20 minutes to be still. I just don't know that there's a shortcut. At the end of the day, I don't know that there's a shortcut to seeing the work of God through our stillness and our time in prayer. We are closer to the heart of God the more intentional we are about being with God. Think about it in terms of people. We don't naturally connect with people that we don't spend time with. We don't naturally get to know the voice of someone that we don't spend time with. When I'm in the hallways and I hear someone's voice and I know who it is, it's because I've talked to them before. It's because I've hung out with them. It's because I have seen them and I have engaged with them and I have heard what they have said. And if I'm in the hallway and I hear a voice I don't recognize, it's because I haven't talked to them before. And on some level, we recognize and hear the voices that we know. The voices of the people that we've engaged with. The voices of the people that we connect with. And all the other voices just sort of like fade into background noise because we don't know them. We don't recognize them. And so then we don't hear them. And oftentimes, in terms of relationships with people, if we have not heard them and talked to them and listened to their story and engaged with them, we may hear their voice, but we may not trust it yet. So as much as we would like to come up with ways to engage the presence of God without being still in the presence of God, it just doesn't seem like anywhere in Scripture we could vouch that that will happen. There doesn't seem to be a substitute for time spent with God. So this morning, our first takeaway is that the posture of prayer includes stillness. Stillness in the presence of God that draws us closer to the heart of God. 
in the Gospels if you follow Jesus' life, and we've spent a lot of time in the Gospels. We, over the last two years, we have gone through the Gospels, and we have taken every story, well, not everyone, but pretty close. We have gone through so much of the Gospels in the last few years, and, and there's so many times where as life got busier, Jesus got more still. As life got busier and more expectations were placed on Jesus, Jesus got intentional about more time alone with the Father. Let's read a couple of these examples. Mark 1, 35 through 39. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place where he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. A lot of expectation. Everyone is looking for you. Everyone is wondering where you are. And where are you? Like, why are you here? And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for this is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Luke 5, 15 through 16 says, but now even more, their report about him went abroad and great crowds, hundreds and thousands of people had gathered to hear him and be healed from all of their sicknesses. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Thousands of people calling the name of Jesus. Matthew 14, 13 says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard him, they followed him on foot from the towns. Mark 6, 31, And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure to even eat. Mark 14, 23. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Scripture makes it clear that as life got busier and busier, there was more action than ever to be done. There was more people than ever that needed healing. And Jesus was being called by crowds of thousands. And he made time to be still, to be in the presence of God to rest into who God is without the distraction. Tyler Statton says this, stillness is the quiet space where God migrates from the periphery back to the center and prayer pours forth from the life that has God at the center. We want to be individuals who move God from the periphery to the center. We want to be a church collectively, a community as a whole, an entire body of Christ who moves God from the periphery to the center so that we can say, God, we want to watch what you are going to do. We want to see what you are going to do. And out of this stillness and out of this rest into your presence and, and out of this place of ditching the try harder, do better, to just resting into who you are, God, and how you are going to move out of this place where you are the center, we want to see, God, what you can do. There's another way we can engage in the posture of prayer and move God from the periphery to the center. The first one is the posture of prayer includes stillness. But the second is that the posture of prayer includes fasting. We've talked about this before in the series on spiritual disciplines, but to be still is to vacate. And to fast is to vacate our life of something in order to engage in a closeness with God. 
people in scripture engaged in fasting in so many ways for so many different reasons. And that's one of the beautiful things about fasting is that it's a deeply personal experience that has a ripple effect far beyond us. In scripture, people fasted to seek God's wisdom. Paul and Barnabas did this. They prayed and fasted for the elders of churches before committing them to the Lord. People fasted to seek deliverance or protection. Ezra declared a corporate fast in scripture and prayed for a safe journey for the Israelites as they made a 900-mile trek. People fasted to repent. This one was fairly common. After Jonah pronounced judgment against the city of Nineveh, the king covered himself with sackcloth and satin dust, and he fasted and he prayed. People fasted to gain victory. After losing 40,000 men in battle in two days, the Israelites crawled out, called out to God through a fast for help. The next day, the Lord gave them victory. Other reasons that people fast are to worship God. Luke 2 tells us the story of an 84-year-old prophetess named Anna. Verse 37 says she never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. She was devoted to God, and fasting was one of the expressions that she used. It was a posture of prayer that she had. And so many, many more examples that I will not share as we are running out of time this morning. Fasting is a part of the posture of prayer that helps us draw closer to God. So as we close today, I want to give us some practical tips, some sort of rhythms we can add to our life that sort of create a posture of prayer within us as we engage them, sort of an anti-busy rhythm, a rhythm where we say no occasionally and we step away to pray. We make those five or 10 or 15 minutes, if that is all you have, it's okay to be alone with God, to ask God to move. We try to create an anti-busy rhythm. And then we try to create a fasting rhythm. Where we vacate some of our own culture of fulfillment and material satisfaction and busyness and we fill it with God. The Bible gives us some instruction on fasting. But largely fasting is between you and God. And if you've never heard of fasting in the church context, um, it is similar to how we talk about in the world concept, where we, we take something out of our life so that the space that that filled can be filled with God. And it doesn't matter what that is. You could pick literally anything. And collectively as a church, as we draw near to God and as we move to be closer to the heart of God, I want to encourage us to do this rhythm, to create the anti-busy and to create the fasting rhythm. So for some of us, it might be TikTok. It might be taking a break from YouTube or social media in general. Or it could be a food item. If fasting from food is not safe for you, don't do that. There are lots of things that we can fast from to create rhythms that are um, bringing us closer to the heart of God. So what can we commit to fast from in order to spend more time with God? And I really believe that if our church begins to develop a posture of prayer that includes a stillness that allows us to hear from God and a fasting that gives us a space to be reminded of where God is and what God can do, that we will begin to see our community reflect the holiness of God. We will begin to see God do things that we never dreamed possible. And instead of shrinking our prayers, which we have a tendency, myself included, to do and say, 
okay, God, I know you can do this, so I'm going to pray for this, because if you don't do it, then like I could do it, and then we'd still be okay. Like We tend to do that, and so in this space, we want to gain a posture of prayer that allows us to say, this is what we would like to see God do, and we know that we can only do this. But we're going to believe that God will do this. We want to see him move individually and collectively as an entire body of Christ.